Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Gordon Recusa, author of Shidoshi, The Four Ways of the Corpse, and The Five Principles of Everything, Getting My Facts Straight, from Justin Ray Harvey. This is Stan Bush. I sing Fight to Survive in the movie Bloodsport. You're listening to Justin Ray Harvey. Hi, this is Tony Luke Jr., a.k.a. Joey the Nail Nardone, and you're listening to Justin Ray Harvey. Hey, everyone, it's Rick Reiser from Today's at Music, 103 CIR in Beckley, West Virginia. You're listening to my boy Justin Ray Harvey on J-Ray Radio. Hi, this is the Cuban Assassin, and you're watching the Justin Ray Harvey Show. Now shut your stinky mouths! To reach Justin Harvey's studio line, please call 818-532-9762. Yes, that is right, and we are live on J. Ray Radio. I am your host, Justin Ray Harvey. So sit down, get your coffee. This is an early show. Today's guest, I've got uh, a wrestling superstar, Cuban Assassin. So let's bring him on the line right now. Hello, this is Cuban hello. Assassin. Hey yes, there. Hello. How you Good doing? Morning. Good I'm morning. How you doing? How you doing? Doing real I'm good. doing all right. I'm sorry. Good. good. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm, yeah, doing, I'm doing wonderful. Doing. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I like the. I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. Um. So, uh, let's start by um, asking you, how did you get, you know, interested in wrestling and into wrestling, for starters. So. Well, I'm actually a second generation wrestler. My father is the original Cuban assassin. Uh, he started his career in the 1960s. He, for people who, who may not uh, don't want to get confused with the other Cuban assassin in Florida, which is uh, Fidel Sierra, my dad uh, started his career in the 60s and mostly known for wrestling for the for Stu Hart's Calgary Stampede Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And then Fidel Sierra, uh, David Canales' real name, came up to uh, Stampede Wrestling and met my dad and liked the name, and then uh, asked my dad if he can use that uh, name. My dad said, yeah, you can be the Cuban assassin in the United States, and I'll be the Cuban assassin in Canada. And then uh, what wow. happened is a year, a year later, in 1989, I would become into wrestling by uh, going to Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling, 
which, by the way, Grand Prix Wrestling is on tour right now in the Maritimes in Canada, uh, mm-hmm. which is a promoter, Emile Dupree, and his son, Rene Dupree, who's mainly known for uh, WWE being a law resistance and uh, the youngest tag team champion in WWE history. Uh, he's, on, he's on tour right now in the Maritimes. You can check out at renedupree.net uh, on tour dates for Grand Prix Wrestling. They got the great Muda that's going to be part of the show. Um, they got the Mask Marvel, the mysterious Mask Marvel, who's, who's a uh, veteran of the ring. So uh, people should really go check out the show. Plus, also, they got the youngest WWE Tag Team Champion in history, Renee Dupree himself, as part of the show, and Aaron Angel, uh, uh, England sensation female wrestler. She's there. And they got midgets. So they should check it wow. out. Just uh, tour dates at ReneeDupree.net. That. And um, anybody wants to check information, my dad, you can always Google Cuban Assassin. You get both my dad's, myself, and Speed House Sierra's pictures, and a couple other uh, people from the baloney. Uh, people try to get by by using the name, but uh, uh, the original Cuban Assassin is my father, Angel Acevedo. Then there's me, and then there's uh, Speed House Sierra. Wow. Yeah, I just I just love your character in the ring. I mean, you you pull it off so well, you know. Well, I kind of I kind of modified it a little bit different. I mean, I still emulate things that my dad had created for the for the character, the Cuban assassin. The whole pretense for everybody that uh, wants to understand is that my dad created the Cuban assassin during the 1960s when John F. Kennedy was the president of the United States. And mm-hmm. while he was in administration, uh, there was a event that was going on in Cuba with Fidel Castro wanting to allow the Russian parliament to premiere to put their nuclear warheads into Cuba. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> this is what caused a lot of tension between the United States and Cuba, is uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis is what's called in history, which everybody can Google that up for those or... Who, who don't know, but it's, it's, it is history. It's uh, the reason why the uh, Embargo Act is, is, is upon Cuba from the United States is from the 1960s. So my dad looked, uh, he had an appearance that looked just like Fidel Castro. And since Fidel Castro was in the news at the time, my dad took it upon himself to, to create the character, the Cuban assassin, which is supposed to be uh, one of the, uh, Fidel Castro's personal bodyguards then turned to a Cuban agent, and my dad uh, created the character of the Cuban assassin. And the whole pretense is that he's an assassin that's into the professional wrestling ranks to take out the competition to put Cuba uh, on the map to, to uh, as if he was fighting for Fidel Castro, but in, in the ring, instead of in the, in, in the jungles of Cuba or anywhere else. But uh, that's... Uh, primarily the character pretense that my dad created. But when I got into wrestling, Cuba was long gone out of the news. Um, you know, uh, I went into wrestling, and, of course, you know, you had uh, you know, just a few years after I got in, you know, Bill Clinton came into office, but uh, Ronald Reagan was in as president then. So Cuba wasn't the thing that was in the news. After the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, there was the... Uh, the terrorist, uh, the hostage situation in Iran, which is where the Iron Sheik came into play, and of course the other mm-hmm. Sheik, 
the original Sheik, uh, Mr. Farhat, which is Sabu's uncle, came into play, uh, used that and really made their character stand out really well. And uh, But I couldn't go with the pretense of Fidel Castro. So uh, I look like my dad. Splitting image, we look identically the same almost. So people automatically pass me on as, his, uh, as him sometimes. But uh, what I'd done was I changed it up. I, I had to be, and of course wrestling had already evolved. I mean wrestling from uh-huh. the 60s changed in the 70s. It changed in the 80s. And I started in 1989 where the territories were being bought out by Vincent Mann uh, Jr. and mm-hmm. the World Wrestling Federation. And at the same time, the other territories were being bought out by, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, later on, Ted Turner would get the buyout in 1988. He, Ted Turner had bought out Jim Crockett Promotions, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. So it was WCW... Ted Turner and Vincent Mann of the WWF, then the World Wrestling Federation, and then they were going head to head. And of course, Vern Gagne was still in the play with the AWA, the American Wrestling Association. So he didn't have all the territories. There's only certain territories that were still going on. And Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling was one of them, which still, the Neil Dupree has never sold. Uh, Grand Prix Wrestling territory to Vince McMahon. Uh, even though his son, Rene Dupree, went to wrestle for the WWE, but mm-hmm. he never sold the territory. So that's why Neil Dupree and Rene Dupree are both doing the territory again up in the Maritimes in Canada. And the Maritimes, that covers PEI, Prince Edward Island, uh, New Brunswick, parts of Quebec, uh, Newfoundland, covers uh, uh, Nova Scotia. So it covers a large area up in the eastern side of the coast of the United States, while the premier promotion over on the west side of Canada, which was Stu Hart's Calgary Stampede Wrestling. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they, you know, Vince bought out territories and picked the key players, you know, from those territories to make them to what he calls now the WWE superstars. Uh, but... Um, when it came to me, when I got into 1989, and when the uh, wrestling, they put me under the hood uh, mask and called me the Super mm-hmm. Bee because there were a couple of wrestlers they had there called the Super Bees. So I was actually called the Super Bee when I first started wrestling in 1989, and that's because I was green, young, and, and then they had what's called enhanced talent or job guys you want to call them that, which mm-hmm. are the guys that always got beat up in the ring by the the names or any other wrestler to put them over and make them look good. And for me, that's what I was doing. I was the enhancement talent for the job guy that put the guys over, you know, I had Grand Prix Wrestling when I started at the Super B. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I had to change the character. When I came out into my own after Latin Grand Prix Wrestling, uh, I created the my dad and another guy named Gary Morrow were doing a tag team combination called the Cuban Commandos. And mm-hmm. I took that name, Cuban Commando, and I, used, I went under and used that name, Cuban Commando, first. And uh, because I wanted to be different. My dad had a long hair and a long beard. I wanted to be the short, dust type, military-looking kind of guy. 
with only a slight mustache. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to try to emulate too much of the Cuban uh, character, but I wanted to put the Cuban character into play. But I couldn't use the whole Fidel Castro routine, so I had to do something different. So what I did is I kind of stole a couple ideas from a couple wrestlers that were very popular in the wrestling business that made their names very well, which was Gorgeous George and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous George and, and, and Hulk Hogan both were smart enough to know. And a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, Gorgeous George, when he started off, he was, his uh, wrestler was known as George Wagner. And uh, he was a low card and never really got past the mid card. And he was a very good wrestler, but he wasn't, he wasn't a draw for people until he peroxide bleached his hair blonde and then wore these women robes uh, and, and these glabber robes and, and tried to act in what we call today a uh, a gay type of uh, character, but then they called it the pressy, you know, or feminine yeah, the preppy, type of man. Yeah. And that, right? Well, more feminine, you know. Uh, you're still being a man's man, but being more feministic about it. And, uh mm-hmm. And that changed. That made him a box office draw. And, yeah. And it's also made. And he played. He played off a character, then more than he did. I mean, he wrestled, but he played off more of the character to the fans, mm-hmm. which caused riots when he threw out his golden bobby pants. But he called them Georgie pants. And uh, if he was here today, he would say, "Those are my bobby pants. Those are Georgie pants." And then, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, that's what he would say. I mean, he would honestly say that even even out, out in the public, uh, he would even portray his character as the character out in public. Hulk Hogan, you know, and when he did Rocky Three with Sylvester Stallone, it put him, it made him a household image and a name. Everybody knew who he was, but what really made him stand out was he also played to the fans, but as a superhero. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, and this is the thing that's unique about Hulk Hogan. He's such a huge guy. You know, you're talking about a guy that stands six foot uh, six, six seven, weighing over three hundred some pounds, more or less of a giant of a man. But yet, you know, a little man will be beating him up, and he'd be he, he'd be on the ground, and the little guy just pounding on him. He's beating up. He's selling for the little guy. These fans can see this mm-hmm. big tremendous comeback, which they call the. You know him, call him Hulk, hulking up. Like now he's turned into the Incredible Hulk, and yeah, that was the whole pretense exactly. was him playing the superhero. That's what it was, him playing the superhero, and he played to the fans. Though, I mean, he would look at mm-hmm. the fans. He would make sure to make them feel part of the match. Well, the same thing Gorgeous George did, the same thing, you know. And what I did was, I just wanted to turn it up a little bit as when I played to the fans and make them really feel like they're in part of the uh, match. And that's when I come up with, you know, he pulled my he pulled my stinking hair. I'll sit there and say, he pulled my stinking hair, ref. He pulled my stinking hair. And then all of a sudden the, I look at the fans and say, ask them. He pulled my stinking hair. The next thing you know, they're saying no. So I'm going to play off uh-huh. this. And I use this to be part of the match. But I'm, I'm incorporated right part of the match. So I make the fans as if they are controlling the match. And then they mm-hmm. say no, and then I'll say yes, and then they'll say no, and I, I'm, just keep, I'm just keep playing with the fans. And I say yes, and they keep saying no, and then eventually I come up with this thing that's like, shut your stinking mouth. And yeah. that, that right there, shut your stinking mouth, 
at the time mm-hmm. when I was <clears throat> wrestling involved, you, you start getting these catchphrases and these little lines that people know wrestling, the wrestlers are from, you know, uh, and and I just happen to say it a lot all the time, you know, to the referee, to the other guy in the ring I'm in the ring with, to the fans, and that's became the, my whole catch slogan was shut your stinking mouth, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And I, and I would say, shut your stinking mouth. And all of a sudden to the fans after, you know, I'm playing back and forth in this yes-no, or it regardless if it's yes-no, maybe it's a pinfall. I, I tell the ref, you know, it was three, you know, when this starts three, it's three. And then all of a sudden the, the fans would say two. And I'll, and I'll, re, I'll respond back to the fans to incorporate them in part of the match. I'll say two. I'll say three, they say two. And I'll say three, they say two. And then I'll Come back again, shut your stick in mouth to follow it up at the punchline at the end, like a, a joke. And uh, <clears throat> and then, I, you know, I make the fans, I want to have the fans feel like that they're a part of the match, that they're having some part of controlling the outcome of the match, because they do. Mm-hmm. And the one thing yeah. that we are there, and regardless, and I know a lot of my colleagues and, and friends, and, you know, even, even my father <laughs> don't like where I changed up things, but. The thing is, you got to change with the times. And yeah, yeah, that's very true. Wrestling, and this comes from Vince McMahon Jr. himself, you know, this business is and has been always been about entertainment since the 1920s of the Ed Strangle Lewis days. So, uh, you know, it has been entertainment. The whole wrestling card setup. Is more or less from like a Broadville show where you have these different acts you put into it. P.T. Barnum, when he had wrestling part of his side shows, what you call act shows or athletic shows, you know, mm-hmm. he introduced the colorful, fictitious biographies of wrestlers, had them wear costumes. That's why when you went to a mm-hmm. P.T. Barnum show, you seen a Russian wrestle on the show, but yet he sounded like he was from Iowa. That's, wow. that's how that come into play. Years later, when Gorgeous George would become Gorgeous George, and then Classy Fred Blassie would come out, then Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, see, it started a whole chain. And it even emulated towards superstar Billy Graham's character, which would emulate to Jesse the Body Ventura and Hulk Hogan. Of course, you got Nature Boy Ric Flair that came out of that, which everybody encouraged everybody. And you got to understand. People understand that. You know, Gorgeous George came out. He encouraged Flashy Freddie Blast. He encouraged Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Well, mm-hmm. they, you know, encouraged Nature Boy Ric Flair. Nature Boy Ric Flair was the one that encouraged the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels encouraged Y2J Chris Jericho. As you can see, the volume just keeps turning up for each time they turn. Same with Superstar Billy Graham. You know, mm-hmm. he took a page out of. George's book, and and uh, and did a rap like Muhammad Ali, which a lot of people don't know, but Muhammad Ali fashioned his own self, Muhammad Ali, after Gorgeous George. Mm-hmm. So Muhammad Ali wouldn't have been Muhammad Ali if he didn't didn't emulate himself after Gorgeous George. Uh, no one ever said they were the best number one until Gorgeous George came out. But you know that that's when that comes into play when when you start having arrogant people saying arrogant mm-hmm. things and then proving themselves right 
that gets a lot of people's attention. Either you're going to make people yeah. mad, or you're going to encourage, or you're going to encourage the young people to emulate themselves after that. But that's what I did. I copied from Gorgeous George, took a page from our Gorgeous George's book, our Hulk Hogan's book. I added those mm-hmm. uh, things into play <clears throat> with my dad's character. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I want people to really see is that uh, I play and cater towards the fans and I feed off the fans and I have them to be part of the match to make them part of the match. For anybody who's never seen me perform, uh, all they have to do is go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash cubamano2, which is cubamano is one word and the actual number two all together. That's that's Mm -hmm. youtube.com slash cubamano2. A lot of my matches on there, a lot of my dad's matches, a lot of Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling matches on there. A lot of different materials, you know, is on that on that on that channel, as well as uh, the Cuban Assassin story, which is a short documentary about what I'm telling you right now. So anybody wants to wow. hear that and subscribe, they can feel free. Uh, check that out. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, uh, that's how I got wrestling. I was always a wrestling fan growing up. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to to be my dad's tag team partner, which that was my dream. And I accomplished that dream. I did become my dad's tag team partner in 1999 and in 2000 as well. Yes. And I also wrestled my own dad. I've I've wrestled people I grew up uh, watching on TV, which when I grew up and where I'm from, I I live in a a town called Oak Hill, West Virginia. Uh, I was born in Patterson, New Jersey. I was born in Patterson, New Jersey, and I was raised in Oak Hill, West Virginia, since I was five. Um, I graduated from Oak Hill High School in 1989, which, by the way, my nephew uh, graduated from Oak Hill High School yesterday, part of class 2013. Very proud of my nephew, Anthony Michael Steins, and uh, his best friend, Benny, Benny Conley, who also graduated mm-hmm. yesterday from Oak Hill High School, class of 2013. And Benny Conley uh, is one of my one of my students who is wrestling and wrestling today. He's been wrestling for uh, since he's fifteen. Wow! So he's been wrestling almost four years. Yes, and he's part of a group called WVCW West Virginia Championship Wrestling. And mm-hmm. today, uh, WVCW brings their third Miracle on the Mountain, which is Miracle on the Mountain three. It puts in the main event. You got you got Matt Hardy, and you got Hurricane Helms in a tag team match going against Joey Bygod Morton and Dangerous Dave Scott, uh, called you know uh, uh, Old School Elite. You also got Scotty Blaze defending the West Virginia Heavyweight Championship uh, against uh, uh, a, a nice uh, competitor. I can't remember his name right off the bat, but. Uh, He'll be defending his mm-hmm. championship title there. I will be part of that uh, uh, show today in uh, at Battle Royal. So uh, fans should come out to the Bluefield Art Corner and check out Miracle on the Mountain 3. It is for a good cause. The money is raised for the Children's Miracle Network and for the Children's Hospital in Morgantown, West Virginia. So they should really check it out. Tickets are still on sale at the Sam's Club in Bluefield, Virginia. Tickets are still available, you know, uh, 
at the Bluefield Auditorium. This they really should come out and check out and see a really good show. Uh, absolutely, because it's a very good cause, because a mutual friend of ours um, is going tonight as well, <coughs> Anthony Bird. Yeah, Anthony. I grew up with Anthony. So. Yeah, Anthony is a good friend. He used, to, he used to come watch me when I wrestled for one of the most memorable promotions. They didn't last long, but they last long enough to make an impact in, into the West Virginia mm-hmm. wrestling history culture, which is APW, Appalachia Pro Wrestling which uh, was Ward Wilson and his wife, June Wilson, along with Leonard Sims. Uh, Very good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they ran, and ran on Tuesday nights at the Oak Hill Armory, which uh, is now the uh, the uh, Lewis Center, but uh, it was the Oak Hill National Guard Army. We ran on Tuesday nights, and, uh, and we always had an average crowd draw uh, between 100 to 200 mm-hmm. people every week. And um, and that's without TV. And, mm-hmm. and 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 the thing is about APW, what I liked about his is every match was treated like it was a main event match. So because uh, we knew we didn't have TV, we didn't have any real big shows to promote to. So it was just weekly shows. But we all knew we wanted to make the show good, and they had very good wrestlers that were that were part of that that card, and I mean, every every match was an A plus match. Every match it was like a main event match. So mm-hmm. it was during the Monday Night Wrestling Wars as well, when WCW Monday Nitro would go head to head against WW then the WWF Monday Night Raw, and uh, our show was on a Tuesday night. So after people watched the, man, the the wrestling wars on TV Monday nights. They'll come watch local wrestling in Oak Hill on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we had some names from ECW and that came there, like Chris Hambrick would come there. We had uh, Kid, uh, Kid Cash that come by. We had Jamie Noble, which Jamie Noble uh, was in WCW, was also in yeah. WWE. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he, he uh, who, who's also from Baileysville, West Virginia himself, trained by Joey, Joey Morton, he would, would come in a couple times and, you know, down there. And he's now uh, a producer or an agent, whichever you want to call it, for WWE. So, I mean... Uh, I always wondered and, what yeah. happened to him. Yeah, he's still, he's still part of the WWE. He's, he's in the office now, and, uh, you know, he's got, a, he's got an office job, and, uh, which, you know... Uh, I, last I checked, he's you know quite happy how everything went because he's definitely part of wrestling history. You know, uh, a, cru- a former cruiserweight heavyweight champion and tag team champion, and being both WCW and the WWE, uh, and to be able to work for the company is, is always a great uh, a great thing to have a job with somebody. Uh, I would have been there a long time ago myself. But unfortunately, it just didn't come to to, to happen. Um, I had a couple mm-hmm. chances when Kevin Kelly was there, and then when Dr. Tom Pritchard was there, and then uh, Tom Warnice was in the office, and I gave his personal cell phone number out to a kid to get on the show, which they did with the kid get on the show. But then, you know, they they kind of recommended me about that, and I kind of lost my chance. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to try to go into, you know. <laughs> Talking things like 
and heat matters. You know, I, I don't really hold no grudges, and I don't hold any mm-hmm. personal thing against John Laurinaitis for the WWE. Uh, the only thing I ever wished is that they would just let me showcase my character because I think, uh, and this is just me, I could do a lot more by doing a lot less in the ring, especially in a bigger size crowd because I did that for Carlos Colon and the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico, as well as I mm-hmm. wrestled for Stampede Wrestling. I did it in Stampede Wrestling, and I also did it, you know, in Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling. And uh, so hopefully maybe, you know, I'm going to be 43 in September. You know, i still got a lot more miles left on my boots. I can still go, and I can still perform, you know. And uh, and my character is one of the safest, person, safest characters for anybody to be in the ring with. So, uh, but... You know, you never know. I don't think that Vince and WWE really wants uh, wrestlers. I mean, uh, they think they, nowadays they they want actors or people who are more chiseled out body. Mm-hmm. You know, and which I understand that because it's cosmetic is a lot to play, and they're more of a movie company now. And like I said, you don't even use the rest on WWE wrestling superstars. They, they're called WWE superstars or WWE divas. So even though the terminology's changed. So it is more of entertainment, and that's what they are, the WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment, and that's what the wrestling business is about. It is about entertainment. So, And that's what my character is. It's a character that's entertaining mm-hmm. to watch. So, hopefully, what, what, do you think of, what do you think of TNA? I mean, I've, I've heard well, you TNA, mention WWE. What do you think of TNA? Um, TNA, TNA uh, wrestling. you know, they're small. Uh, they're growing. And I, I know they got their hurdles to go through now, but TNA, you know, it, Jeff Jarrett and his dad, Jared Jarrett, started a TNA themselves and to give another choice. And they started on primarily in pay-per-view, which was a smart idea. And um, and and uh, TNA is growing. And, um, and I know that they're using the play, the WCW. But, again, and I'm not trying to be, you know, criticizing, but you got too many... Too many, too many people that want to be chief and bumping heads, which kind of hinders down talents that should be pushed, and they kind of, and they kind of play on talents that already had their run. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way to nobody. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think they are a very good company to work for. I, I definitely would work for TNA. Uh, you know, I just think that somebody's got to have the power and somebody's got to have the final say, and um, and I'm sure Dixie Carter does have the final say. Uh, but you've you got to have a smart person. And I'm not trying to take up for Vince McMahon, but you got to have a Vince McMahon there. The guy, you know, the buck's got to stop somewhere, and the guy, and someone's got to know what's going to sell and what sells is entertainment. And the more you try to sell a wrestling pretense, because it's, wrestling has changed, and it changes every 10 years, you can look at the... Mm-hmm past 10 years and you can see how much it's changed now. It changes every 10 years. It has to. That's how it evolves to survive the times. But you can't suppress. And that's why even TNA is even trying to take that word wrestling out. You know, now mm-hmm. they're going as impact. You know, and so because they're trying to make an impact which they, yeah. which I think they're, they're a good company. They got good players. I got friends that are there, you know, like Cowboy James Storm, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Roode coming from Canada, you know, uh, they, they're all 
you know, they, they got great uh, great roster talent, both female and male wise. Even though the nothing against WWE, yeah. but the females in TNA are a lot better performers and a lot better at telling the stories in the ring. So they work just as hard as the men. And uh, I'm not saying WWE divas don't. Don't don't get me wrong. There are those divas that can definitely work. It's just they're not showcasing their talents like Natalia and Beth Phoenix and Layla, you know, yeah. who can actually go out there and perform and, you know, and do stuff. And it seems like if something goes towards the fans' way, sometimes WWE seems to squash it. The hardest thing last year was A.J. Lee, and they squashed it. And because she was getting pushed, it seemed like she was getting pushed more, uh, she was getting over with the fans more than CM Punk or at the time or more than John Cena. Yeah. They put her into play with all those guys, but then it kind of squashed it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, but that, yeah, that's and, just how they operate sometimes. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, but, uh, I'm out of time on my radio show this morning. So, do you have any uh, mm-hmm. any final thoughts that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, anybody or, wants to check out any anybody wants to check out any of the tour dates of Lang Grand Prix Wrestling, go to ReneeDupree.net. They want to see anything about me, my father. Go to uh, youtube.com slash cubamano2. Come out to WVCW. You can check them out on youtube.com slash WVCWTV as well as uh, check them out on facebook.com slash WVCWTV. Today's show, American Mount 3, is about raising money for Children's Network Network and uh, Children's Hospital in Morgantown, West Virginia. It would be a great cause. And the final thought I have to say to all the, the fans watching, if there's one thing to know about the Cuban assassin, is I always want to just simply say, shut your sneaky mouth. And thank you for being on the show, and I, I hope at some point you uh, you return to the show to promote any new things that you got going on, and I just, I'm very grateful. I, I'll be more happy to, so thank you for having me part of it. Thank you. And that was Cuban Assassin, everybody. I will be back tomorrow with another show. And be sure to check out Miracle on the Mountain. And I am going to leave this broadcast with a little bit of music from Six String Revolver.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.